Welcome to Thinking Like a Lawyer with your hosts, Ellie Mistal and Joe Patrice, talking about legal news and pop culture, all while thinking like a lawyer, here on Legal Talk Network. Hey, welcome to another edition of Thinking Like a Lawyer. I'm Joe Patrice from Above the Law. Ellie Mistal. I'm back. Back in the New York groove. Welcome, welcome back. So you're I'm uh, back. Yeah. yeah. I've been in California. Yeah, no, um, which is where I was the week before. I do not like California as much as the people. Really? Yeah, I mean, I there there's I'm an I'm a New Yorker. I'm you know born, bred in Queens and Long Island and then went to school in Boston. Well not in Boston, but near Boston. And Point is, Indiana, is that I, then, yeah. I'm a, I'm an East Coast guy and california is always just like strange and pretty to me like it, it, it's, it's it, it, may, it makes me feel uncomfortable like mm. it can't possibly be nice when's the other shoe gonna drop and of course the other shoe is the earthquakes um which right. i was lucky did not experience when i was in san diego this time the last time i was in san diego i was eight and i or 15 and i did experience an earthquake but yeah so that said san diego is a beautiful beautiful place it was cool. great i brought the kids it was great for the kids Right. Then now you were there for a conference. Now? Yep. Which, for the people who don't know, because basically, why would you? uh, Wait, you have people listening to this podcast that don't know what NAPA is? I would assume so, because most people don't give a shit about it, but you. (laughs) Um, But it's a legal placement conference. I think NAPA is the most important conference uh, on the legal calendar. Yeah. Uh, He thinks that because he doesn't go to or understand most of the legal conferences on the calendar. Uh, but he does go to this one. And so now tell folks what NALP does, which those of you who are like deans and law professors or legal recruiters probably know, but other people probably don't. Yeah. Uh, well, let's do this instead of grinding gears, actually, because because uh, I've just I've been a week in California. Mm-hmm. Can't exactly come back pissed off. Sure. Because um, there were no earthquakes. Uh, so now the National Association of Law Placement annual conference brings together basically everybody in the career services offices mm-hmm. from all the law schools and many of the people in the legal recruiting or professional development offices from you know the top 100, the firms, yeah. 250, 500 law firms, right? So you have basically all of these people who are primarily concerned with getting students jobs, either from the perspective of a law school trying to place their students to the perspective of a law firm trying to figure out which students are best for them and who's going to fit in best with their culture and what their needs are going to be. But here's the thing, what their needs are going to be two, three years down the line, right? Because right. in our idiot industry, we don't hire people when we need them. We hire them two years before we think that we're going to need them, right? So one of the reasons why I really like this conference is that at the 30,000-foot level, at the macro level, you do get a sense of like where these people in the industry think the industry is going. You know, where they think their needs are going to be, where they think the issues are going to be, you know, three years ahead. So a lot of times it's a leading indicator as to what's happening in the market. However, and this is my big takeaway from this year, sometimes it is a lagging indicator because so much of what they do has already been baked into the system, right? So if some news is breaking, you know, two months ago, there's nothing NALP can do to, you know, the people who go to NALP can do to adjust to that. It just freaking happened, right? Mm -hmm. And so this year, the big takeaway was that this was like really the first year that you could see that Me Too had fully like 
metastasized and fully like mm-hmm, been mm-hmm. integrated into their thinking about everything. Obviously, you know, from the law school perspective, they are placing young, vulnerable lawyers in these huge organizations with not a lot of institutional control, with not a lot of people kind of looking out for their um, best interests, especially in this context of sexual harassment. From the law firm perspective, obviously, they don't want this issue following. They don't want to have issues like this. They're sensitive to the to the topics. And so this was really the first year that people were thinking about what to do about it. But what to do about it was not the obvious thing, which is fire the lecherous old farts who are playing grab ass with their summer associates. Like that's right. off the table. And everybody there kind of understood some, you know, at, at a deeper level than others that like firing the bad actors was just not what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And so, so many of the panels, either directly or indirectly, were basically talking about workarounds, right? Right. So like, all right, well, you know, you're going to go to this firm and- you know, you're gonna you're gonna see some red flags. Here's how you spot the red flags about people who are about to sexually harass you. And you know, and then you know, from the law of recruitment side, from the sorry, professional development side, it's like, well, yes, at my firm, we decided to stop serving alcohol at half of our summer. Like as if that's the well, if they're that's just not the drunk, clearly nobody's gonna you know grope a boob. Like it, it's it was frustrating. And I'm not slagging off the people at now. The people at now care about this, but they're also not the people who are in like the corner office making the decision to hire and fire even associates, much less partners, right? Right. So they can't attack the problem directly. So it was just kind of a whole week of thinking about how to get around the problem without actually being able to hold anybody accountable. And it was, you know, frustrating as hell, but, you know, fascinating kind of to listen to people work through it. Well, and that's why I think that it, it is interesting, and it is a, a fine conference, but it is not the one that I view as most important because a lot of decision-making doesn't get to happen there. Like you're saying, that the law firm equivalent of C-suite folks are not there. Right. Uh, the people, the deans of law schools are not there. At the earlier conference in the year you went to, which was a meeting of law school people, right. you also talked about how Me Too kind of dominated those discussions. But there, those are folks who can actually take action. Whereas here, it is kind right. of an interesting in it shows where, almost cynically, how the people who work in these firms don't see an opportunity for things to get better. Yeah. Uh, this actually plays into, while you were gone, we recorded, Catherine and I recorded uh, an episode where we talked a lot about some of the issues that are going on in kind of a not so much sexual harassment, but in gender discrimination route. And the sad takeaway of that was a lot of realization that the idea of just fixing it isn't really where people are. Yeah. And uh, taking knee-jerk reactions to keep the thing going are much more, unfortunately, the call of the day. It's frustrating as hell. Fi- fixing it is not on the table. Yeah. Um, it's almost like people have missed the memo or miss the call on what the real problem is. Oh, see, now that's not fair. Like when you, when, now you're, I mean, I, I appreciate the assist, but good point. So you're right. People have missed a call. And if you're missing calls or spread too thin, interruptions can kill your productivity, but clients demand a quick response. The U.S.-based professional receptionists at Smith AI help law firms screen new clients and schedule appointments by phone and website chat. Plus, Smith AI integrates with your software, including Clio and LawPay. Plans start at just $60 per month. Get a free trial at smith.ai. And now, again, I do appreciate the, the assist, but, it, it, but it, it, it makes it, it cheapens what I was pulling off recently, you know? <laughs> um, 
Oh, I'm very glad that you're back. Catherine had no idea how any of this operated, and it was a real disaster to try and get a segue there. <laughs> uh, I was very upset, and so I'm very happy to have you back. Um, one thing that's been problematic over the last few weeks is those of you who haven't heard a recent episode in a while, there's a reason. Catherine and I recorded last week because he was in California. I was in California the week before that. The week before that, he had the flu of some form. Yeah, some kind of horrible some, stomach bug. I think it was Ebola. The point is, whatever horrible, you know, degenerating his body disease he had at the time, he is now better. But it meant that we didn't record for quite some time, which means that all those decisions that you all have been emailing about how to make a decision on which law school to attend, we haven't been able to deal with. And we were planning on doing that this week. We learned that the regular day we're going to record, I have to go to a conference, so we weren't going to do it again, but we decided we can't possibly let another week go by. So we're recording on a different day to make sure that we get at least some of these answers out there for you so you know what's up. So This will probably be the first in a series. We'll probably end up doing a couple of episodes on decisions because we've gotten a lot of emails, a lot of questions, and a lot of them are interesting. So yeah. we want to make sure that we answer kind of as many as possible. All right. So let's jump into it. Let's jump in. So let's see. I'll do this one. So we're dealing with somebody who lives in California, feels ultimately they wish to be in California, all right? So they're not worried about the earthquakes. They're very much not so. Ultimately wants to be in California. Here's where they sit. The packages that they have just got upped So uh, since I first got this email, but the packages they've got are George Washington. They're getting 89 grand for that. Mm -hmm. The alternative is UC Irvine getting 75 grand but also what's of what's left is in-state tuition, obviously. Mm -hmm. What are you thinking there? How is that not obvious? Well, I mean, I'm not sure. Why do you think it's obvious? You said from the jump that the person figures out they want to be in California. They're from California. Right. They want to stay in California. They have an offer from a school in California. And one on the other end of the goddamn continent. Right. Right? So in what, in what universe... Do you leave your home, fly all the way across country, spend three years in Maryland to – right? Because it's it's George Washington and – it's not Washington with St. Louis. It's the no, – George Washington. It's actually George it's, Washington, It's right? like in right, D.C., right. yeah. So, that, so you're going to spend three years across the freaking continent for what? And then you want to work in California. So now you got to go fly back across country every time you want to do a job interview. You want to do a networking event. You want to meet somebody. You want to start the process of figuring out um, the difference in cultures of the firms out there. You got to always make a plane trip back. That's just stupid. Yeah. I mean, I, I also am leaning towards California. I, I think that Irvine is, of course, a new school, but it is a school on the upswing at the, you know, I mean, it's been, it's only been around for a few years now. Okay, sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, calling Irvine's a new school is a little bit like calling Uber a new service. Like, it, te technically, True. sure. True, but in the in the annals of law schools, that's – in the geologic time of law school, it's <laughs> new. Uh, but, yeah, I think that that's probably the better deal. The argument would be that a national focus – like a national-focused school has advantages. A school that is in D.C. that would afford you opportunities – during school to have externships and work that in a different field than where you ultimately want to end up is valuable. Being able to live somewhere else than you want to ultimately settle has value intellectually. But I agree with you, ultimately. I mean, get on an Amtrak if you want to see the country, right? Like, yeah. And also, D.C. is not the country, right? Like, D.C. is the most bubbled 
like weird ass city in the entire country. There is not there is so little about DC that is transferable to anywhere outside of the Beltway. Yeah. No, I agree. Well, let's do another one involving some bigger name schools. So we have a student who has been who is on the wait list for Georgetown, Columbia, and NYU. Those decisions are coming soon, apparently. They said they'd get back at the end of this month. But for now, let's operate on that. George Washington, again, a $90,000 scholarship there. Cornell with a 60000 hoping to ultimately work in federal government, not so much big law, but that said, understands big law, you know, is part of that deal, potentially. Mm. So where are we going? Cornell or George Washington? There? Yeah, I think... Again, from the career focus perspective, I think this is where you think about George Washington. Um, you also are getting more money from George Washington, so that that's helpful. I do have the elitism IV preference, right? Like I, 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 I mean, it is literally a T fourteen school, you know, so that, Cornelis. That's not nothing, right? Yeah, but you know, it's not put like this. George Washington for ninety thousand dollars and Columbia for sixty thousand dollars. You're going to Columbia, okay? Cornell for $60,000, is it really giving you enough of a bump to justify not only the roughly $30,000 more in debt that you're going to have to take out, but also to take you out of the city of your choice? Understanding that working for the federal government is a little bit different than working in big law, where the federal government is going to pull from everywhere in a right. way that, you know, a crevath is not. Sorry, people who live in Nebraska. But even understanding that, just, just on the money I think aspect alone, I think GW is probably right. Uh, yeah, I kind of agree again. I think that especially if the interest is ultimately in working for the government, then GW is a better option. I will say, though, that here's the more difficult one. Uh, I'd rather than say it, I'll pass it to you. So 90000 George Washington. What if they get into Georgetown, Columbia, NYU, the ones they're waitlisted on, with no money at all? Yeah, so... I'm generally going to say Columbia NYU for no money is is still going to be right. I agree. Um, Columbia NYU for no money. I mean, there are not a lot of schools that are worth not having any scholarship um, when you have a scholarship offer somewhere else. But if there are schools, it's those six. Mm -hmm. um, Harvard, Yale, Stanford, Columbia, NYU, Chicago. Like if there are those six, and that's kind of those are both in those six. Georgetown for no money versus GW for ninety thousand dollars. That's actually tough. That's a tough question. That's yep. actually tough. And I would probably still go with GW. Okay. Right. Cool. I would. I would probably go. I mean, Georgetown is great, and especially. I mean, it has such a rep for exactly these kinds. Of, let me put it like this. One of the benefits of going to a law school that has a reputation for doing one thing or another thing well is that a lot of your classmates are also interested in doing that one thing or the other thing well, right? And so you end up meeting people who might end up being colleagues or networking friends or networking opportunities kind of further down the line in a really important way. That said, you're already in D.C. George Washington is attracting the same kind of student as Georgetown is, just with a slightly worse LSAT score. Um, and they're giving you 90000 bucks. And if you really want to work for the government, like that, not having to pay back $90,000 is going to be important to you at some point. That's a huge point. I'm glad you you hit on that one. Yeah. thing that, I, that strikes me from that is not just how it's a really interesting call between GW and Georgetown at those prices, but just thinking about this question, and maybe we'll get to a different one that 
or just is more directly. It's hard for me to think about why a person would go Cornell. Like it's hard. Right? Yeah. It's hard to you think. You just you just don't like the cold. That's all it's that you're saying. Freezing. Yeah. It's in the middle of nowhere. It doesn't have great it's not like, oh, go to Cornell and you're like in the New York market. No, I mean you are, but like in this yeah. way that any kind of T fourteen puts you in the New York market. It's not particularly more New York centric than Michigan. Right. You know? oh, I agree. Did I mention it's freezing? And and so yeah. like if and if you have the cal and again it's not that Cornell's a bad school, but if you have the caliber to get into Cornell, you have the caliber to get into especially if you have the caliber to get in Cornell with money. You have the caliber to get in Cornell with money, you have the caliber to get into a better school for no money and a worse school for lots of money. It'll be interesting. I'm sure there are scenarios, but like when we get them, it's very it's very rare that I say, no, Cornell's the right choice. So in a lot of uh, – every time we do these decision things, one of the things that I try to point out is that many of these questions, and for many of you who sent in questions that we aren't getting to right now, there are themes that keep coming up. And we've just had the theme that is there's a school where I want to work but another one on the other side of the country. What should I do? That theme comes up. This theme comes up where I have these offers, but like there are these better schools that I'm waitlisted on. Should I? What should I do when that comes? Let's do another one that comes up a lot, which is the "Where am I in the cycle?" question. Right, right. So, this person admittedly came into the cycle late. Therefore, they've gotten into three schools: Marquette, Loyola Chicago, and DePaul. So with all the scholarships and everything, it works out that Marquette would basically be a free ride. But not only a free ride, it'd be covered by a local firm, so they would have a place where they would work in the summers. Ooh. Okay. Loyola, Chicago, they would be on the hook for 20 grand, and DePaul, they'd be on the hook for eight grand, basically. On the other hand, they feel that they just got in really late on places like Michigan, Texas, and Wisconsin that they were also really interested in. Is it time to wait, do this cycle again next year, find something to do in the meantime, go to one of these schools, go to one of these schools and try to transfer? Where do you think we should be here? All right. So as a theme, I do not like the transfer stories, right? Like I, mm -hmm. as, as a theme, I think that going into school with the intention of transferring to a better school, once things work out oh so swimmingly, your first year at the school you went into, that that's placing wishes on top of horses. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not a big fan of that as a starting position. Yeah. I guess you would have to kind of tell me and we would have to know a little bit more about why the person kind of got into the cycle late. Law schools work on a schedule. Those schedules are pretty goddamn obvious. One of the key parts of being a lawyer is to be able to follow instructions and timelines. And so if you got in late because you just kind of didn't understand it, that's almost unacceptable. If you got in late because you honestly didn't know if you wanted to go to law school and you kind of took your time, and but now you really feel like you're committed to it, well, then taking your off and like shoring that up might well be the best answer, making sure you're putting your best foot forward. This is the decision that will mark, you know, a large portion of your legal career. And if you feel like you did not put your best foot forward because it just took you too long to decide whether you wanted to do it at all, but now you're all in, you know, taking that year to make sure that people see you in the best possible light is probably worth it. It's not like it's unlikely that your scores are going to get worse and whatever Marquette was offering you or Loyola Chicago was offering you now, they're not going to offer you again or something substantially similar next year. So it's not like those opportunities go away. 
But I mean, you didn't take a gap year between college and law school. Oh God, no, no. Right? no. So I, I don't. The, the question then becomes like, what do you do for a year? Yeah, no, that's true. So I, I agree. I think that anybody who's on the hey, maybe I'll transfer train. That I actually think that's all well and good to feel that way, but it's one of those situations where do not begin a school that you are not comfortable getting a degree from because things could happen both in a bad way. You aren't actually as great a student as you thought you were and you do have to graduate from there or in a good way. You end up randomly getting married at the end of one L year, and now you can't leave. Whatever it is, there's reasons that can come up that are going to prevent you from potentially leaving. So at least be comfortable. Hope to transfer, but don't take on anything where it'd be an embarrassment for you to end up there. So If I had a dollar for all those random marriages that people fall into. (laughs) I mean, it's certainly, certainly happened. Like... At least in in my experience, around the class, people got together and you make it sound like people are on an ocean and it's like, oh my god, it's a kraken! Like it's, it doesn't just show up out of nowhere. Yeah, it does. Um, <laughs> oh dear lord, it did, and it was annoying. But uh, but I, it, your point is, look, yeah, your point is really well taken. I would amplify it this way. Like nobody, and I mean nobody, wants to hear your freaking story about how like you got a degree from here, but really could have gotten there. Exactly. Like, nobody has time for exactly. that. Exactly. Right? So if you cannot get a degree that you are comfortable kind of plastering on your forehead for the rest of your life, then and you really think you could have gotten in somewhere better, go and do what you think you need to do to get in somewhere better. So I think the takeaway is if you think you can get into the other schools, go take your shot. Take a year off. Go take your shot. If you are in a position where these are the schools that you're choosing from, I feel like if you're comfortable being in the Milwaukee market, then free school with some summer work and a connections to be built with a firm is probably not a bad idea. Especially because if you really think that you're going to have the kind of grades coming out of Marquette after one all year that's going to allow you to transfer to Michigan, right? then guess what? You're going to have the kind of grades coming out of Marquette after one all year that's going to let you get into the Chicago market if that's where you want it to go right. instead of Milwaukee. Yep. I agree. All right. Let's see. Uh, we got at least one more, maybe two. Let's try... This is an interesting one. So we're entering the non-traditional student group. Dun, dun, dun. 34-year-old, has been in journalism. Then now, he was a clown. Then he was a... Sorry. No, no, just just journalism. So, yes, yes. clown. <laughs> uh, as we say, as ostensibly journalists ourselves. So, and I stress ostensibly. So, 34-year-old journalist, looking at Rutgers, which has offered a full tuition. So, living expenses, but, you know, has family connections in New Jersey area, so probably not going to be an issue. Also, then University of Baltimore, 30000 scholarship with only about, that leaves 1900 a year he has to cover. So not bad. If you pay $1,900 a year for law school, you're in pretty good shape. So there, you know, it really is from this person's mind a question of, you know, coming at it late in life, not really intending to go, you know, take over Cravath. Where do you want to practice is a lot of the decision here. New Jersey, the kind of greater New York market, or is it Baltimore? 
Greater New York market obviously is more expensive and has more penetration. Baltimore, more things to do, but Baltimore. Like, yeah. so where, where are you thinking? DC market, yeah. A little bit DC yeah. market, but yeah. Here's my argument for why The Wire is the superior show, The Sopranos. And it's mm. really close, right? The acting, I would actually say, is probably better than Sopranos. But the writing on the... Yeah. Oh, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Baltimore and Jersey in a different way. Yeah. Uh, um, it's hard for me to say not to, take, to tell you not to take the money. $19,000 for law school isn't bad. Free is even better. Um, when you're coming out at late in life, you've got other commitments, other bills to pay. Free is free. I would place that highly. Mm-hmm. Second thing you said is that he already has family in Jersey, which then I think makes a kind of interesting question. Are you coming into it late in life because you want to spend more time with your family? Or are you coming to it late in life because you want to get the hug away from your family? I'm assumption, my <laughs> assumption from a coming at it from a journalism thing is this is now a point where my guess is some level of the journalism that they have done has brought them in contact with the legal system in a way that it struck them that this may be a job to get into, which is actually a good place to be. A lot of us enter law with vague romantic beliefs over what law is. Coming from a journalism beat, you actually see the most boring, awful parts of law. And if that still appeals to you, then you actually are in a position where law might be the right answer. So I think it's just going to something a little bit better than hopping around. Okay. So I still think I'm going with free and partially because of what you just said, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're talking about thinking about how the law might augment what you already know from journalism, thinking about what you already know from journalism, how that might augment the law. Obviously I knew somewhat value people with the dual skill set of being able to report and to understand the law. That's actually in high demand. That's in high demand, especially in New York city. And DC, so like you're you're the the way this guy has or woman has thought through their options, I think is really smart and really rational. I think they're fundamentally in a position where they kind of have no they have two good options. One is free, one is nineteen thousand dollars, and nineteen hundred dollars. Nineteen hundred. No, 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 no. Yes, less than two thousand dollars a year. Nineteen hundred. That's like a that's a yeah Camry that they got right. they got to sell. Yes. Okay, then the money's not even important. Yeah. I thought it was 19000 Oh, yeah, no. I gathered that you did, which is why I interrupted to point that out. Yeah, no, it's very, it's basically, they're basically both free. Yeah. In a oh, real sense. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Only good options. Guns ahead. Rutgers. That's, yeah. That's kind of how I felt, too. And I feel like there's a large part of me that's very New York-centric, having spent my career here, that I'm... I have connections with the Rutgers campus, and I have good – I feel good things about it, and I don't necessarily have that with Baltimore, and that's not Baltimore's fault. Yeah. It's just that I'm up here. I think it's just also like, again, this really close decision where you don't have any bad options. It's just a bigger market, right? Like Rutgers gets you access to a bigger market. gives you access to yeah. all of Jersey. It's pretty easy to like go carpet bag New York if you can pass the New York bar. You're kind of in that tri-state mm. area thing and you also if you want to you kind of have access to philadelphia if you want to go crash the the pennsylvania bar right yeah whereas baltimore just your thought is that you're going to be in the dc maryland virginia area which all told is, is a smaller market than the than the jersey manhattan uh philadelphia area well let me add to this because now you hit on a fact that i've been kind of sandbagging which is very interested in being in a city and not in a suburb. 
They're mm. very committed to that. Mm. And on that level, I think Baltimore obviously is in the city. Rutgers is, well, it's Not. hard to, it, well, look, it is impossible to say Newark is a suburb. It is not that. <laughs> it, 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 it may not be the actual city that it, you know, it's a satellite city potentially, but it is not a suburb. But that said, I think the theory is that the goal would be to be in New York with that Rutgers degree. Though, as you point out, Philadelphia is entirely an option with that kind of degree too. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's a, again, look, if these are your choices and you're, if you're 34 years old and you're just coming to this late in life, you've gotten yourself some pretty good options. All right. We are now, oh, we are just at 30 minutes. We have one more. All right. Let's do a quick one. This one I think is a quick one. So, uh, all right. Interested in technology law, in particular, the kind of burgeoning blockchain work that's going on. One of the world's experts in blockchain law and those developments is at Cardozo. Cardozo with a $45,000 a year scholarship or the University of Florida with a full scholarship plus a $6,000 stipend. Damn. Interesting. I didn't think this one was that difficult. Well, give, give me your answer. Florida. It's a better school and cheaper. I think the argument is that, one, I'm interested in this one subject area, and I get that. That said, this is not the end of your professional development. Uh, so many people that I met like, oh, you know, I'm really interested in environmental law, so I'm going to – I'm not even going to bother applying to Columbia, and I'm going to go to Lewis and Clark. Like, no, just because it's in these little rankings as a niche thing, that's not really the end of your development. You will have opportunities if you become a lawyer that gets employed places to go to bar events and seminars and meet and connect with people. You will have those opportunities. It's better to go get the degree that will make you a – you know, more recognizable lawyer, A, B, one that's cheaper. And while both of these options are decent schools and reasonably affordable, I feel like if you can go to Florida for free, and actually the opposite, more than free, you're making money <laughs> on it. I think that's a better option. Where I hesitate, you're, you're right. You're right on paper. Like, look, if it was Columbia or University of Florida, fine. But Cardozo versus Florida, I'm like, eh. You're right on paper, but here's here's I realize now here's why I hesitate. Okay, I struggle to imagine the person who is equally as comfortable at Cardozo as they are at Florida. Those are two very distinct cultures, right? Sure. And there are not a lot of people that I know from Florida that would do well at Cardozo. And there are not a lot of people I know at Cardozo who would like to go to UF, right? They're, they're just like from a cultural perspective, those are very different schools. And so I'm struggling to kind of imagine the person, I could do either or. So it kind of feels like one of those schools is going to like speak to you and one of them is not. And should you maybe just go to the one that speaks to you because despite what it looks like on paper, you got to live with these people for three years, right? Right. Like if you put – I'm trying to think of a good example for me. Like if you put me in Chicago, mm-hmm. right, in the University of Chicago. Sure. All them Republican motherfuckers. I couldn't have dealt. Not, right? not so much the law school as badly as the undergrad. But and I it's hear not you. that Harvard is some like bastion of liberalism, despite what you know some idiots think. Harvard is not Harvard is not Yale when it comes to you know liberal bona fides. But Chicago is Chicago when it comes right. And so like culturally, I would like go to one and go to the other and be pretty obvious which place I was 
going to be happier at for three years. And at that point, the money wouldn't have mattered as much. You know what I'm saying? And so I just wonder if this person has visited Cardozo and visited Florida and gotten a vibe from both and really feels like, oh, they could take it either way. If so, your paper argument is absolutely right. My recollection from this one, and I only have my notes, my recollection from this one is that they're originally from Florida. So that's that's a known quantity to them. Cardozo, I mean, they don't have working elevators there right now, right? <laughs> like it, but they make fun of it. Yeah, no, they do. It, it strikes me as though it's a perfectly fine school. But I also think that if the argument being made, and I feel like this is the argument being made, right. the argument being made is Florida, I get all these things, but wouldn't a degree that gets me into the New York market be better? And it kind of gets you into the New York market, but it, but that's a market that's being dominated by NYU and Columbia as well as the Harvards and all coming in. As well as the top of the class from Florida if they want it. like Exactly. Right? And, and that's why I'm like, if, if that's yeah. the motivation that being in a national market instead of Gainesville is good for you, it's not that Cardozo's really giving you that huge up. Yeah. You're, you're right that the argument being made is not a good one as between the schools. The argument being made inevitably tilts towards Florida. Right. I, yeah, I think so. I right. mean, I think it is a better school. And we noted recently when the U.S. News rankings came out, Florida is a school very much on the rise. I mm-hmm. believe it was the number one place getter. The argument for Cardozo in this scenario has to be like, I just want to go to Cardozo. I visited Cardozo. Right. I like Cardozo. I like the professors. I like the people. I like the – like that has to be your only argument at that point. Right. right. But, but I don't think it should be it, I know right now I want to be a tech right. lawyer and it's, this is a great tech person because people will come at this from different directions you and know? you know the, it's not like they don't know where the switchboard is switchboard. motherboard is in florida right okay yeah no they, exactly there, there will be people there i don't know what a switchboard is or a motherboard is but at florida they know you'll find somebody fair enough yeah no so i i'm leaning towards florida is what i'm saying seems as though ellie's saying probably unless you feel there's a distinct cultural difference that pushes you towards being more comfortable at Cardozo. And ultimately, comfort is a huge deal and an impo- and probably the most important one, provided you consider the level of debt you hope to live with as part of your comfortability. Yeah. Now, free is the most important one. Then come Right, right, right. Well, I mean, even, well, no, not necessarily, right? You were already saying earlier today that you would turn down large chunks of scholarship to go to one of the big six for free, potentially. I mean, for full cost, potentially. So, that is part of the comfortability scale, too. I mean, you're right. I also wouldn't take a job in the Trump administration. Just because I have standards doesn't mean that I'm an idiot. Oh, okay. When it comes to money. Yeah. All right. So... I, mean, I, I also... Sorry. I also am an idiot when it comes to money, but not not because of this. Right. Okay. So with that said, <laughs> thanks for this. We will have a few more of these in our next episode because we have plenty to go through. I am going to, again, thank Smith AI for sponsoring the show. I'm going to say that you should read Above the Law, follow this podcast, subscribe to this podcast, give reviews to this podcast, write down things, not just stars, because it helps us get seen by more people. You can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Joseph Patrice. He's at L-E-N-Y-C. We are, you know, Submit some more stuff, some more decisions, since we're going to do some more. Yeah, uh, yeah, and, yeah. Well, no, we still have enough to go for a year to come. However, uh, if you are going to submit more, 
please just make the subject line the decision so it's a lot easier for me to filter them. Several people didn't, which is why it's been kind of a challenge. Yeah, again, law school is really going to value you following instructions. So that's true. Use this as an opportunity. Also, if you're a law student uh, listening to this podcast, don't forget that we have a deadline coming up for your law review videos. Oh, yeah, 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 which uh, is not as boring as it sounds. It is not just you site checking things. He means law review spelled V U E. It's your funny video. Send us, don't forget to send us. Yeah. So you should listen to other LTN podcasts, listen to the Jabot and Book of Business here. Uh, you should be, you know, just. I think that's everything now that I think about it. All right. Cool. Bye. All good. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. You can also find us at AboveTheLaw.com, ATLRedline.com, iTunes, RSS, Twitter, and Facebook. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.